embrace today is brought to you by Whole House Ministries. Host a pre-curry will inspire listeners to embrace their today with hope and expectation with a focus of bringing about freedom, healing, and restoration through the Word of God. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Embrace Today. I am your host, Epri Curry, and here at Embrace Today, we embrace our today with hope and expectation through the Word of God. This evening, we are going to continue in the book of Esther. We'll be in chapter 3, verses 1 through 11 this evening, so we have a pretty lengthy reading. That's Esther chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And just want to remind everybody that this is episode five. So we have two more episodes that's going to come out um, in this season. And then we'll conclude this season until the fall. So we have an episode that's coming out this week. We have an episode that's going to come out next week. And then we have an episode that's going to come out on the 18th. And that will be the seventh and final episode of season three. Amen. So again, we're going to be in Esther chapter 3, verses 1 through 11 tonight. And like all, almost always, I'll be reading the New International Version. After these events, King Xerxes honored Haman, son of Hamathatha, the Agagite, elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him. But Mordecai would not kneel down or pay honor to him. Then the royal officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, Why do you disobey the king's command? Day after day they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. Therefore they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated, for he had told them that he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. Yet having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. In the twelfth year of King Xerxes, in the first month, the month of Nisan, the pure, that is the lot, was cast in the presence of Haman, to select a day and month, and the lot fell on the twelfth month, the month of Adar. Then Haman said to King Xerxes, There is a certain people dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom who keep themselves separate. Their customs are different from those of all other people, and they do not obey the king's law. It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them, and I will give 10,000 talents of silver to the king's administrators for the royal treasury. So the king took his signet ring from his finger and gave it to Haman, son of Hamagatha, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. Keep the money, the king said to Haman, 
and do with the people as you please. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for another day, God. We thank you for another opportunity for us to get it right, Lord. Another opportunity to walk in the power and the authority that you have given us. Lord, another opportunity to walk in our true identity, God, and another opportunity to fulfill the purpose that you have given to us individually as well as collectively. Lord, we ask that as your word goes forth, that you will speak to each and every one of us, Lord. Speak to our hearts, God, that we may draw closer to you and to each other. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that as we walk in the power and the boldness that you have given us, Lord, I pray that as we walk in that power and boldness that we will represent you wherever we go. Father, we need you, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen. So we all have a past, right? Every one of us have a past. Things that we're proud of, and then we also have the things that we're not so proud of, right? But one thing I've come to find out is that out of those two categories, people will often only want to discuss and remember us by the things that we're not so proud of, right? So although there's things that we're proud of, things that we may have done that were a success or that may have been great, people often want to discuss and identify us by the things that we're not so proud of. And this is regardless of how much we have changed or how much we have overcome or how much we have accomplished. There's always going to be someone that wants to keep us tied down to our regretful parts of our past. Amen. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it often appears that when these things happen, when this comes up, when when the shade comes our way, it's oftentimes when we are in a great space. We're at a great place in our lives, mentally, physically, socially, emotionally, financially. We're in a good space, but yet someone still wants to bring up the parts of our past, right? The parts that's not so good, the parts that we're not so proud of. We could have confessed our past. We could have paid the consequences for our past, but yet there's always going to be someone that wants to tie us down to our past. It's almost like, our life is going too good for that specific person. So they want to take us back before we get too far ahead. Amen. Now I'm sure most of us, if not all of us can relate. Most of us, if not all of us has someone that's always going to try to keep us in the past. You know, oftentimes people try to keep us in the past because they're still stuck in the past. Oftentimes people are still stuck in the past and they're not maturing and they're unable to see past the past. So they want to hold people back with them, not knowing that we have moved on and moved forward. Amen. But just like we've had things in our past that we've experienced and, and that we've had to deal with, we've also had some threats in our lives that seem to want to continue to pop up. Some things that attempt to threaten our lives or threaten our purpose or, or threaten the things that we are trying to do. Additionally, we have struggles, those things that we struggle with, things that are attempting to take us out, things that are attempting to take our minds and keep us off focus, things that are attempting to hold us down. 
We have things that we've dealt with in the past and yet they continue to come back. They continue to come back time and time again. And to be quite honest, sometimes it seems like those struggles or those threats, they get stronger and stronger and stronger. Sometimes it feel like we're going to, it's going to take us out. Like it's taking our breath, like it's taking everything out of us. We've put in everything that we have in order to fight this thing, to beat this thing, to defeat this thing. It feels like it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. But as we look at today's text, we'll see that the king, King Xerxes, he elevated Haman. Haman, who was an Agagite. He was a descendant of Agag. Agag was the king who led the Amalekites. The Amalekites were descendants of Esau. The Amalekites were also the people group who attacked the Jews at the Exodus. We can read more about that in Exodus 17. The army, the army of the Jews at that time was being led by Joshua and they defeated the Amalekites at that time. Amen. So it's important for us to remember and recognize our enemies. It's important for us to remember and recognize those struggles that we have. Remember and recognize those threats. Remember and recognize those things that have attempted to hold us down in the past, that have attempted to take us out in the past, because we have to be able to recognize when those things arise again. Amen. We might have the same situation, different person, same situation, different place. Those situations continue to arise. And like I said earlier, sometimes it seems like it gets stronger and stronger. They don't want to be defeated. But guess what? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so it's really important for us to recognize and remember our enemies and our struggles and, and, and our strengths and our threats. Amen. And so moving forward in 1 Samuel 15, it advises us there that the Lord had told Samuel, I'm sorry, Saul, who was king at the time, he told Saul, destroy the Amalekites for them attacking Israel at the Exodus, right? He said, destroy everything, every, the whole tribe, all their animals, everything, don't leave nothing. But what did Saul do? Saul, he took matters into his own hands and he kept King Agag alive as well as all of the good animals, right? Saul did what he wanted to do. This caused Saul to lose his kingdom. I think it's important for us here to note and recognize that when we are attempting to defeat our enemy, when we are attempting to defeat and get past a threat or a struggle, when we are attempting to do it by the power that is within us, we have to be willing to be obedient to the strategy that the Lord has given us. Amen. Additionally, we must recognize that if we don't defeat these things that God is calling us to defeat now, our children our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren will face them later. You see, Mordecai, Esther's cousin, he finds himself amongst the king's royal, royal officials. But his past is being elevated. His past is being honored. His past has caused a disruption and Mordecai isn't having it. Mordecai was able to recognize this past threat, this past enemy. Mordecai recognized that he was not about to honor or submit to his past enemy. At times we are uh, uh, continually, at times we are fighting battles that our parents or grandparents or great grandparents should have dealt with. 
Some things that we are continually deal with were only able to disrupt us because it wasn't properly dealt with in the past. So you see here, Mordecai, he finds himself among a past enemy who had been given power, but that past enemy has only gotten limited power. You see, the enemy has power. The enemy attempts to attack us. That's why it's called spiritual warfare, because we have to attack this thing head on. We have to move forward with the power that is within us and not in our own power. Our own power is limited, just like the enemies. And if we try to attack these things that are attempting to uh, attack us, if we are trying to attack these things in our own power, we will fall. And so Mordecai, he found himself among this past enemy, this past enemy that has limited power, but this was a familiar enemy. The question is, will the past enemy get dealt with properly? Because if the past enemy gets dealt with properly, if the past enemy gets dealt with in the way that God has called us to deal with it, then we will be able to move forward and our kids won't have to fight some of the things that we should have dealt with. Amen. Which leads us to this evening's topic, disrupted by our past. You see, there's people that's always going to try to bring up your past and there's people that's always going to try to attack you. There's people that are going to try to threaten you. There's things that are going to try to pull you down certain circumstances that you may continually deal with. But guess what? We are getting ready to take the strategy that the Lord has given us because we are getting ready to push through this past enemy, this past thing that continues to kill, to attempt to kill, steal and destroy us. These things that are out here here trying to take tarnish our name, our character, and our reputation. These things that are out here trying to take our kids. We are getting ready to defeat this past enemy that continues to rise its head up because God has something for each and every one of us to do. This enemy has got to go. This enemy has got to get out the way. Why? Because I'm on a move. I got some things that God has want me to do and I need to fight this thing so my kids can rise up and do the things that God has called them to do. And so tonight, we're talking disrupted by the past. The thing about disruptions is the intent is for it to cause a problem. The intent of disruption is for it to stop some things, for it to put a halt. The thing about disruption is disruption attempts to take attention. Disruption attempts to stop us in our path. Disruption attempts to take our focus off of what we should be doing and onto the disruption. Disruption is coming to attempt to kill, steal, and destroy. But tonight, as we look at verses 8 through 11, we're going to see a little strategy that we can take. A strategy that we can take so that we can know how to handle this past thing that may attempt to pop up with a little bit of power, with a little bit of limited power. May I add that in there? So eight says, then Haman said to King Xerxes, there is a certain people group dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom who keep themselves separate. Their customs are different from those of all the other people and they do not obey the king's law. It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them. And I will give 10,000 talents of silver to the king's administrators for the royal treasury. So when we are disrupted by our past, number one, we can't be afraid to stand out. You see, Mordecai understood who he was as a Jew. 
You notice he told Esther not to reveal his ident her identity, yet he revealed his. He wanted the people to understand that he was a part of the people group that God had called, God had set apart, and so he was to live a certain way, worshiping and bowing down, bowing down to God alone. And so when Mordecai comes, I'm sorry, when Haman comes, Mordecai refuses to compromise who he is. He wasn't afraid to stand out, although all of the other officials were telling him and questioning him on why he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. Furthermore, not only did they question him, but then when they found out that he still wasn't going to do it, they went and told on him. Not only did they tell what he was doing, but they made sure to specify that he was a Jew. He was an enemy of Mordecai. I'm sorry, of Haman. So Haman and Mordecai had previous beef from generations before. But I love the fact that I love the fact that Mordecai stood on the foundation of who he is, regardless of who was around him, who was questioning him and who was attempting to make him do something that he knew he wasn't supposed to do. You see, because uh, Mordecai, he stood his ground. His past wanted to control him. His past wanted to keep him quiet. His past wanted to confine him. His past wanted to hold him hostage, but he was not on it. He stood firm on who he was and in confidence in who God has called him to be. And see, oftentimes we don't recognize that that's what our past wants to do. When our past rises up, sometimes we begin to shrink down and we get embarrassed and ashamed and we allow that past to confine us. We allow that past to hold us hostage in our minds. We allow the past to keep us quiet, but we have to get like, we have to get like Mordecai and stand confident in who we are. Don't be afraid to stand out. Allow your past to do what it's going to do. You've been there. You've lived it you've done it. Now you are walking in a new identity, an identity that cannot be taken from you, an identity that you will only lose if you give it up, an identity that God has called you to. And regardless of who stands up against you, you must be willing to stand out. You see, the way we operate will disrupt many things. The way we operate will disrupt many and it'll attempt the, the, the way that people operate, the way that our past operates against us, it will cause us to, to want to stop our past and the way we operate and the way our past operate, it clashes. So we have to determine what we're going to do when that clash happens. Are we going to fall back or are we going to stand firm? Because the way that we operate, when we are willing to stand out, that's going to disturb many people. So much so that people are going to attempt to want to take us out. And so that's why they're continuing to bring that pass up because they want to disrupt your character. They want to call you out. They want to uh, take people's trust away from you. They don't want anyone to follow or listen to anything that you got to say. Why? Because they are threatened by you. And so they'll attempt to assassinate your character and your motives. You see, you see, he went to the king and he told the king that it was in the king's best interest not to tolerate these people. The king had nothing to do with it. The king, this was between Mordecai and Haman. Yet Haman went to the king telling lies. And that's what our past do. Our past begins to try to pull people in, attempt to bring anyone and anything that's connected to you down. 
And so they will use whomever and whatever to do whatever it is to get their job done, their motives completed. And so we can't be willing, we can't be willing to uh, not stand out. We have to stand out. Even when we're disrupted by our past. Notice this. Mordecai had raised Esther. He had prepared her and now she's in the, in the, uh, in the, with the king. Now she's queen. Things are going good, right? And then what happens? His past arises. His past elevates. His past gets some power. But what did he do? He stood strong. Sometimes we don't want to, when we don't want to move forward when there's any type of resistance. If we're feeling resistance from anything, we're quick to fall back and give up. We don't want to stand firm in the power that God has given us. We don't want to walk boldly in the power that is within us. We sometimes forfeit our purpose, our dreams, and our identity. We forfeit these things to the enemy because we are not willing to move forward in the strength and power that God has given us. The power that God has given us is a power that cannot be matched. So whatever threat comes your way, whatever struggle comes your way, whatever has happened in the past that attempts to arise, whatever comes your way, you have the ability to allow the glory of God to be seen by moving forward boldly in this new identity that you have been called to. And so when your past comes up, people may bring up your past, but guess what? That's a great opportunity for you to witness the glory and the grace of God. That's a good opportunity for you to witness uh, to someone, for you to spread the gospel. I'll be the first one to admit I'm, I'm pretty much open. You can ask me anything about anything and I'll tell you. I'm not going to tell you anything about anybody else, but if you ask me something about me, 95% of the time, I'll tell you why, because I'd rather tell my own story than allow somebody else to tell it because when they tell it, they tell what they want, how they want, just like, uh, Haman did here, adding stuff to the story. I'll tell you the story. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of what I've done because it allowed me to get here. I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot. I've matured a lot. And now I'm able to assist other people that may be where I was. I may be able to assist them with seeing a different side of themselves, with knowing that if God changed me, he can change anybody. And so we have to remember, we can't be afraid to stand out when, our, when we're disrupted by our past. We got this. The main thing that the past tries to do is present you as the problem. Tries to present you as the problem. So when a struggle comes up, we begin to think in our head, I can't do this. I'm too weak for this. I wasn't built for this. I was born to be like this. My mama was like this. Daddy was like this. I'm just going to be like this. The past wants to present you as a problem. When When those threats come up, we think it's just something. What, what's causing me to draw? What's causing these people to draw to me? What's causing me to continue to do these things? The past wants to present you as a problem, but you're not a problem. You're a threat. And that's why these things continue to arise because, you know, the enemy recognizes what's in you and the enemy would not be attacking you, threatening you and attempting to pull you down. If there wasn't anything great in you, if there wasn't anything great in your family line, if there wasn't anything great that God was calling you to, the enemy would not disturb you. And so we have to recognize that our past 
is willing, is going to present us as the problem. But the question is, are we going to stand out? Which leads me to verse nine. Nine again reads, it says, if it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them. And I will give 10,000 talents of silver to the king's administrators for the royal treasury. So when we're disrupted by our past, we can't be afraid to stand out. But we also have to recognize that there's no limit when someone wants to destroy you. There's no limit. You see, he went to the king first. It tells us in earlier in three, he was first looking to kill Mordecai. But now he wants to wipe out the whole people group, all the Jews. Not only do he want to wipe them all out, he went to the king and lied. And now he lied to the king, but now he's willing to put 10,000 talents of silver into this royal treasury in order for the king to allow him to do this. You see, he involved the entire nation when it was Mordecai that he had the issue with. This is why it's important for us to stay covered up and covering our kids because people that got issues with us will attempt to attack our kids and our other family members. Not only them, but our connections, our business partners, co-workers, communities, our country. People do not know how to fight fair and square. That is why they are attempting to take everybody down because they know that everyone connected to you has the the same power that you have. And once we get on fire, we will not stop. And so we have to recognize that there's no limit when someone wants to destroy us. He put a bug in the king's ear regarding the Jews, but guess what? The king didn't ask no questions. He wanted to destroy them. And not only did he want to destroy them, but he wanted to pay to do it. So you, your purpose, your identity, and your unwillingness to waver poses such a threat that people are willing to do whatever, whenever, however, and through whomever to take you out. And we must understand that. This is no fair game here. When someone wants to take us out, understand when it says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy those three words, there's nothing nice or pretty about those three words. Which leads us to verses 10 through 11. So the king, he took his signet ring from his finger and gave it to Haman, son of Hamada, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. And he said, listen, y'all, he said, keep the money and do with the people as you please. So when we're disrupted by our past, we can't be afraid to stand out. We have to know that there's no limit when someone wants to destroy us. But then don't underestimate who will align with your enemy. The king didn't ask not one question. He just agreed with what Haman said. Haman was looking to exterminate God's chosen people. Some people are aligning against you based off of what someone else said, not by their own experience. So the king was aligning with Haman against the Jews based off of what Haman said, which was a lie because he was speaking for the whole people group and not just Mordecai, whom he had the experience with. And so we have to understand that standing in your identity and walking in your confidence and speaking your truth, it imposes fear on those that are threatened by you. And so we have to understand that we can't underestimate who's going to align with our enemy. Our enemy wants to suppress us, yet God, he wants to elevate us. 
Our enemy, he wants to silence us, yet God wants us to be vocal. Our enemy wants us to bow down to it, yet God wants you to stand firm in him. It's only a problem if that's how we see it. And so we have to understand that our past is going to continue to rise up. Those threats are going to continue to rise. Those struggles are going to continue to rise. But being disrupted by our past, it's an opportunity, an opportunity for us to display God's glory. We already know how to defeat this enemy. We've been there before. Haman and Mordecai had been there before. Their people had been there before. We see Joshua, his army defeated the, his army defeated the Amalekites. And then we have Saul who didn't do what he was supposed to do. So we have two options. We can either follow Joshua and do what Joshua did, or we can take matters into our own hand and do what Saul did. Remember our enemy, he has power, but it's limited power. Greater is he that is within thee than he that is within the world. And so Luke 10, 19, it reminds us, Jesus reminds us, he says, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And so we need to hold on to that truth. Hold on to the word of God, pray for wisdom and understanding, and then watch God do what only he can do. So when you're disrupted by your past, don't be afraid to stand out. Recognize that there's no limits when someone wants to destroy you. There's no fair fighting when the enemy wants to destroy you. And then lastly, don't underestimate who will align with your enemy. Don't sit back having pity parties talking about, I can't believe such and such did this and such and such. Believe it. Why? Because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And like I said in the last episode, the enemy will use whomever, whatever, and however to get the job done. So trust God. Hold on to the word of God. Pray for wisdom and understanding. And again, watch God work. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Embrace Today. You can further connect with Whole House Ministries by viewing our website at www.wholehouse.org, liking Whole House Ministries on Facebook, and following IMEPRI on Twitter, IG, and TikTok. Be blessed and embrace, embrace your, your today. today.